Welcome to the Up and Over Podcast, a professional wrestling podcast where a bunch of marks discuss pro wrestling, where everything's a work and none of our opinions matter anyway. Firstly, I'd like to introduce our local welcome wagon of Florence, South Carolina. That's going to be my man, the Cadillac Cowboy himself, Mr. Ethan Lewis. How y'all doing tonight? I'd also like to introduce our duo. Firstly, the one, the only, Mr. Big Papa C. That's going to be my man, Cortland. What's up? How are y'all doing? Sitting next to him is our local Scientologist himself. That's going to be old Patty Mills. Highly favored, you know. How you guys doing? Duck the head down a little. There's that Mission Impossible 2 hat following in Tom Cruise's uh, footsteps. And then our curator broadcasting from the living room that looks like a guest bedroom. The man that just changed his wall around a little bit. So if you're watching this on YouTube, it looks a little bit nicer. That's my man Casey El Gordo Gringo. What was wrong with my wall before? Oh, bud, I'm just saying, we've, uh, we've moved past the reign of terror, so I think we're in a better spot now. <laughs> Bigger and better than we were Than we were two weeks ago. Leveling up, leveling up. Last night I only ate cup ramen for dinner. I had two of those fucking things. You don't know how hard it is being Mike Klinsky. Oh my god. Fellas! Terrible. Fellas! We have officially moved past the reign of terror of 2003-2004, and we have moved backwards in time! Two, 1997 ECW, and the first event we're going to be covering today is ECW Barely Legal from 97. Before we jump in, do we have anything we wanted to discuss from the current week of professional wrestling? Hard to Kill. Oof! Yeah, yeah. Hard to Kill was a fantastic pay-per-view. Yes, it was. Uh, I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I'll definitely say that. Yes. I just think... Uh... I might be getting back into Impact in 2022. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And to add to that, dude, um, I cannot remember the last name that they looked at, but Tom Phillips, yes. as, um, dude, he did such a good job, yeah. and he fits Impact so well. It makes, to me, it makes Impact more bearable to watch. Um, I mean, it it really stood the test of time. That's probably the best impact pay-per-view that i've seen in the better part of 10 years yeah so, uh, okay. I'm, I'm really excited about and it. tom tom is what changed it for me i was just telling Absolutely. Alex, yeah i was I just it. telling alex earlier i mean josh matt not to blame it all on josh matthews but the commentary <laughs> and the presentation always threw me the fuck off but tom just yeah. brings so much more professionalism to it it's wasn't just, matt striker there though matt striker got let go Thank God. He was there. I, yeah. it was oh, my him. God. That's was... so mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I so he was that. there and he got let go, and then Tom took his place. But I was like, I didn't want yeah. to feel – I felt bad thinking it, like, just the first I time I heard Tom. But, like, yeah. the second I heard him talk and cover part of a match, I was like, it elevated everything so much. Oh, yeah. And Definitely. I felt back to so like, they've been trying. They, they do their best over there, but fuck, he's just a – I mean, when you got a fucking fly buzzing the whole time, that commentary sucked ass. It made me feel stupid for watching it. Because a lot of commentary for Impact, it's, I mean, you have Matt Stryker, then you had D'Lo Brown, right? Yeah, it was Stryker and D'Lo, right? Yeah. Yeah. And D'Lo is not the worst commentary. You know, I've heard worse. However, he needs help, you know? And Matt Stryker is not the person that's going to be able to carry a color commentator along. Yeah, he could be a good play-by-play. Like, Dilo could probably do a good job of uh, play-by-play with having someone like Tom there. But, yeah, Matt just... Exactly. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest Matt Stryker fan. I I enjoyed his work in Lucha Underground, but I feel like that's because Lucha was heavily overproduced, you know? Um, so I feel like a lot of stuff that's kind of like, eh, Impact didn't go out of their way to take out where Lucha Underground did. So, But he also had Vampiro, and that, like, dynamic worked yeah. well. But, like, yeah, yeah that was definitely, definitely it was television more television based but god i miss legit does anyone have news on vampiro's health mm. um, tom hannafin by the something... way Do just what? to give you an update on his name tom hannafin oh, yeah yeah, I yeah. Like, yeah i was like i think it's his actual name and uh yeah. awesome. i can understand awesome. why he's just phillips for <laughs> for his, his, his <laughs> tenure in wwe but <laughs> i could see dude when i when actually i remember it is tom hannafin and i knew yeah. that because i remember reading it and thinking vince definitely heard that name and was like yeah we're changing <laughs> shit right now yeah. <laughs> i can't pronounce that handle what <laughs> hand on my what <laughs> too many syllables pal not good shit uh, <laughs> did you did you want to cover the information you shared with us, yeah. Cortland? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm just going to read this quote. Uh, today, Major League Wrestling, which is MLW, filed an antitrust lawsuit against World Wrestling Entertainment. According to the press release, MLW says it is based on WWE's ongoing attempt to undermine competition and monopolize professional wrestling market by interfering with MLW contracts and business prospects. Um, this is my first time hearing about this. Oh, well, um, it seems that MLW struck their deal with Vice Television. Yeah. And, and WWE executive had reached out to Vice TV and said that Vince McMahon was pissed, in quotation, and that, uh, that they would do work with MLW. And Fight's response to that was that you are doing hard you're violating an antitrust thing like an anti-competition yeah whatever the moment was uh the conduct at the moment was was legal and an antitrust violation of executives apparently responded that they could not control vince mcmahon oh. did vince even know was what, what the fuck vice tv said. was until Dark Side of the Ring, no. Would it Vince like flip out or something? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I think it's, I think it's definitely something that we can touch base on. I mean, obviously, there's not a whole lot of information other than that a lawsuit was filed. Yeah. But I mean, this is something that uh, WWE has done forever. Um, they hurt ECW um, whenever they were trying to strike deals. They literally stole a company or a network company right out from under them, pushed them all the way to two a.m. Um, so just, it's, it's a no brainer that they're still doing it. Uh, it just, I'm glad that finally there are ways that people can go about it to make sure that it stops happening. And, you know, we never wish ill on someone, obviously, but hopefully when Vince steps down, shit like this will stop happening and people will actually work together. Um, and if impact is working with, WWE, which we have seen, uh, which I guess we haven't covered either. Mickey James will be entering the WWE Royal Rumble this year as the Impact's Knockout World Champion, uh, which is them opening open the proverbial forbidden door. Um, they're also talking about doing a forbidden door entrant for the Men's Rumble as well. Yeah. Um, How do you guys feel about that? 
Over under on how how long Mickey James lasts in the Rumble? Five minutes. She's gonna uh, less, less. one one elimination from her, and then she's gonna get thrown out by someone, and it's gonna be barely shown on camera. That's gonna piss she'll me probably, off. Man. She'll probably eliminate like Dana Brooke, since there is no storyline for Dana Brooke. It doesn't hurt her. Doesn't yeah. do anything. You know what I mean? Like there, yep. she never has a storyline. So that's a and I hate to say it. You know, that's an easy get for them. It's like what's and the like, point? You know, and Dana. Dana Brooks a good worker, so like she'll make it look okay. You know, I don't want to say she's a great worker. Um, she's gotten this far, um, so I think that. I feel like when you said, I feel like when you said good worker, I immediately watched Ethan's body language fully change. It was like well, good I worker. Don't want to call good her worker. Her. I tried to back out. I tried to back out the best I could. I mean, she's, good 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 she's still there. So like she's put in these spots. You know, she's put in the women's Royal Rumble. She's put in the Money in the Banks. Um, she's that sixth person. You think yep. you know? You think Vince is trying to fucking? I'm not gonna say buy Impact, but you think that they're trying to like, I, team up? I I want to truly believe that. I don't care who it was, but someone wanted to right the wrong with how Mickey got let go. Because yeah. the way that that Carano handled that situation was really shitty. And like, if it and it was, wasn't just her. Oh no, it wasn't just it her. But like the fact that like he literally fucking sent her shit home in a trash bag is like yeah, fucked. Yeah, so like, I really do hope that it's like someone was like, hey, like, I know it didn't end well for you, and I know you're somewhere else, but like, could we make this yeah, happen? Man. Type of a thing. I really mm. love the fact. Do you that think it's were... Johnny Ace? I think so. I like. I I want to believe the report that like Laurenitis himself reached out and was like, hey. Because I feel like if there's Toronto's anyone, what, with, what like, do you need from us? What do you need from us here at WWE? Huh? I, how can I, love, how can I make you feel muscles? better? Could you send me some pictures? And I, I oh, love the fact that it's like if there was like a what do you need from us to do this? It was like I need to hear on WWE television, Impact Wrestling. I need you to fucking yeah, acknowledge fair. that like we've yeah, been yeah. around for all these years. I need you yeah, to yeah. fucking admit it though. Because like that's See, the first thing, time in forever that they've ever they've ever referenced that. Yeah, personally, I just feel like not to say that there's not going to be a forbidden door entrant in the men's rumble, but part of me feels like this just happens to be a thing where they wanted to bring in Mickey James or they wanted to right the wrong, and now people are just spewing other rumors off that one thing. Well, they have. You like know, the... I don't really. If you didn't I just see... don't see WWE wanting to buy Impact or they're firing everybody. You know what I mean? I don't think they're trying to sell their own company. It's actually, I don't see them. It's, it's Vince's perverse. Go ahead, unless Gordon. someone else, the third party, is trying to buy them both, and the agreement was, let's do this kind of well, thing. Well, did you guys see the Moose um, promo? No. Yeah. Yes. Moose basically was just like. Yes. Was like, I, he's like, after Hard to Kill, I fucking showed everyone that I am, like, the champion. So the next, like, he's like, the next question is, and, like, a former football player used to always say it, who's Moose. next? Moose. A former yeah. football I mean, player. I'd, I'd love to see it, man. I think Moose, Moose is somebody who could actually make Goldberg look good. Fuck Goldberg. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Can we not talk about Goldberg after the bullshit we just no. suffered through? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, other than that, fuck Hulk Hogan. We move on real fast. Uh, who do y'all um, think will be the men's entrant? Just um, real quick. Uh, 
WWE Vince McMahon wanting to buy Impact is a funny thought to me. It's just Vince being like perverse, like I've been releasing all these talent. I need more to release, and like that's <laughs> mentally how I process that. Is like I need more people to ruin their lives. Take their. I did it. I did it. I need to rehire fucking Zack Ryder just so I can fire him again. <laughs> Yo, he um, did he fucking do it to Jeff Jarrett? Oh, he man. literally did. All the time. Unceremoniously. He's going to get Samoa Joe, fire him a third time. Third time. Oh. I will say, if they are, if they are doing a, may, a men's one, unless it's like someone super fucking left field, I assume they're probably going to do like a, hey, I didn't write this. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> it's going to be, it would be Mickey James and be, Moose, but. I think it'll be like uh, something. You can use somebody else, though. Like, mm. it doesn't have to be Impact, right? Yeah. Like, Ring of Honor has a full list of people that are looking for work. Dan so there's it, could be, it could be Jericho. D- Dan Housen's back to working out. Could you imagine Dan Housen on WWE TV? Did you see his... Did you see him fill out the A&W job So funny. And then they replied to him. Because... Yeah, they replied. They were like, anyone... this is a very nice, very good... Uh, resume. Yeah, or very nice, very evil resume. For everyone watching yeah. or listening who doesn't know that the logo to AMW looks kind of like AEW. So he's just yeah. like, wrestler, I've gotten paid money. Boss man, Tony Khan. <laughs> <laughs> um, to uh, say that Ethan thing about Chris Jericho possibly being in, Booker T said, and I know, Booker T said, that he thinks that if Chris Jericho shows up at the Royal Rumble, they will boo him out of the building. Booker Great. T is one of one of the the dumbest people when it comes to this shit. He's one of those tribalism morons. He's one of those tribalism. It's us versus them, I brother. Just, he got to get out. They're gonna boo the shit out of him. I just could you imagine, understand, dude? Could you I imagine Judas in WWE? <laughs> Fuck, dude. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, I, I hate it. I don't even like the thought. Now. Just do break the walls down and get the pot. They're not going to boo him. Booker T and Bully Ray are old and stupid and need to shut yeah. the fuck up. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, what's the so podcast on Sirius XM? Who the fuck still <laughs> pays for Sirius XM? Go fuck yourself. They all wear affliction t-shirts. Everyone who listens to that shit. Damn. Um, if you, listen to, if you wear affliction t-shirts and you listen to this podcast, that's fine. It's okay. You're omitted. <laughs> Gotta reserve the audience, brother. Get him back. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Bring him back in. As long as you have a 41 and a half inch waist. Oh, you can wear it. We've already right. stopped. We've already moved on. So, Please. Oh, I ain't moving on. I guess. It's going to be coming before we move on. Is I think it's going to be Nick Aldis. I think that that's an easy pick for them to use. They already have Mickey. Who the fuck's going to bring her there? It's another champion from another company. You know? Um, so I think that we should definitely keep Nick Aldis on that list. I mean, that when you look at that dude, that's somebody that Vince wants. He can act like he doesn't. Like you look at that guy, he makes. If he wanted him, he would have had him already. That's my issue with it. He's been out there for fucking ever, man. He's doing he the, has. But like he he has a nice working relationship with fucking Smashing Pumpkins and the NWA, and like he he's fun with it, you know. He's a YouTube star, man. What a yeah, game. I mean, he re-signed with them. He said something along the lines of, like, I can't really remember what he said. I don't want to misquote it, but something like better safe than sorry, some kind of shit like that. Yeah. 
when he mm. when he signed it, did he say that today was the greatest day he's ever known? <laughs> All right, guys, I'm gonna get. Well, off he said now. he said I'm a vampire or some shit. Uh, Despite well. all of his rage. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, so jumping into the actual podcast today, we do have uh, something to cover and not getting your shitty little Smashing Pumpkins references in, y'all annoying sons like, of bitches. There's like three of them. It's fine. Not many. It was quick. Two is bang, bang, bang. Ethan's like ready to leave the house. He's like, all right, I'm done with this shit. Um, anything else y'all want to cover quickly? Oh, did you guys see Hook and AB at the strip club? I'm sorry, bro. Hook is going places, man. Dog. Hook is a king. <laughs> what there's there's so many shit. people on the internet that are happy about it, and then there's so many people on the internet that hate him. <laughs> Dude, hate have, him. You seen, have you seen the little t- the tweet going around where everyone's like, oh my god, all these young lions AEW has, and it's got Hook with that bitch's ass in his face, and it's got <laughs> <Seth> <laughs> on tie, and Daniel Garcia kissing somebody, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So he's really raising them up because he's stallions. Tony Khan's feeding them coke, making it happen for him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Um... <laughs> So, fellas, let's jump in. ECW barely legal from April 13th, 1997. I was a wee three and a half years old. Uh, ECW Arena, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 1,170 in attendance. Ethan, did you have something you wanted to chime in with? Oh, I was a year and two months old. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. wee little babies. Casey was still 35. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> we uh, We cut live. And Joey Styles is in the ring to welcome us to ECW's inaugural pay-per-view, Barely Legal. There's a Bischoff takes it up the ass sign in the crowd, and I couldn't draw my attention elsewhere. I was fixated on it. Um, Styles is about to go down the card, and the Dudleys come out to the ring unannounced and really unwelcomed. Um, I was surprised at a Fuck You Devon chant that broke out pretty quickly. That was kind of weird, yeah. It was. It was very weird. Uh, Devon cuts almost like a southern heel promo on the crowd, calling them inbred and illiterate. And as far as he's concerned, it's now time to testify. And we cut to the opening promo. Um, We get the promo video, and if you played this for somebody back in 1997, I think you'd be hard-pressed for anybody to not at least be intrigued by ECW. They killed this promo, man. This looked awesome. Even in 2022, it looked great. Um, I loved it. I thought it was great. We cut back to live. Uh, the Dudleys are in the ring with Sign Guy Dudley and Joel Gertner. Uh, oh, Gertner does his... Oh, Lord. The quintessentials. Gertner does his shtick and introduces the champions. The Eliminators, who are Perry Saturn, who at the time was just going by Saturn, and John Cronus, who was just Cronus, make their way down to a pretty good reception. Uh, Sign Guy Dudley gets in the ring uh, as they're kind of like telling the Dudleys to get in the ring. He hits him with a sign, and then he just gets destroyed with a total elimination and kills his ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the crowd goes bonkers for it. And the crowd was super hot for this match specifically. Dude, like, off the rip. I'll be honest. This crowd is, was really weird to me. They they were... The, this was, like, the only match they were hot for from start to finish. It's, yeah. yeah. At, while this and time, like, it was, like, still weird. It's, like, weird to think about, like, but in this time frame, like, it was hard-pressed to find an ECW crowd that didn't want to fucking fist fight the Dudleys. 
Like, yeah. And, and it wasn't even, and it was like almost just like for real hatred for them. Like yeah. every fucking time that they were out there, it was like, we want to fuck you guys up. So yeah, like, that was any a chance part of it, their, uh, that was like part of the reasoning for them leaving. They were like, we think we're going to get hurt. We continue <laughs> being in this here. company. Like they I mean, know where we live. I mean, like, some I mean, of the promos they cut, money. it's like kind of. Where he would just, know. where like Bubba would be pointing at the guy in the front row. Yeah. Fuck you, fat boy. Yeah. Like, those are like, you go back and watch those. That's real, brother. Those that's motherfuckers it. are going to be waiting outside. He's yeah. called fans by names, like yeah. pointing them out and being like, hey, yada, yada. Like, fuck you. You remember when I did yada, yada? <laughs> like, yes. Like, I this is a tight having... family, bud. So, like, yeah, having like, fucking. Having to- like the like having Saturn and Cronus do a fucking total elimination on either one of them, you're like, I need this fucking now. Like yeah. <laughs> and again, kill him. Like it was yeah, the crowd was very, very hot for this. Um the ring sounds insane God, on this yes. recording too. Um I don't know oh. how to explain it, but if every ring sounded like this with better audio, it'd be so much better. Like yeah. this ruled. Casey's shaking his head. It, it's like my brain, because like my brain is like it sounds like if you've ever been to like an independent like, yeah, an in, like an independent like event. Like it's that same kind of sound with a fucking camera from 1997, and then you've got fucking <laughs> some dickhead that's like two rows in front of the ca- the hard camera that's like, ha, Steve, as loud as he yes. can. Yes, yes. <laughs> it happened throughout the entire event, but like the acoustics of it just sounded like fucking wild. Like, yeah, and and the hard cam just so happened to be a little too far back. Like yeah. it was just like everything was just so good about this. It felt <laughs> super DIY. Um, Saturn really moved with intent throughout the match, and I can understand why he was a hot commodity after ECW. Like everything he did was very purposeful in this, and he was flying the fuck around. Like he moved yeah. at one hundred and fifty percent speed consistently. Uh, he hit a double jump springboard Saturn salt. That's Joey Styles' call. Uh, and it ruled. I sat up out of my seat like, yes! Um, the Eliminators win after Saturn pins Bubba Ray after hitting Total Elimination. Uh, Cortland, what did you give this? Did you have anything else that you wanted to add? Any spots that stood out to you? Oh, man, there's there's so many good spots in this matches. There's stereo uh, splashes that the Eliminators do that looked fucking awesome. Um, the main thing that I took away from this match is just how great Perry Saturn is. Uh, and Perry Saturn was one of, if not one of the best in-ring and out-of-the-ring that ECW had for a solid two years. Mm. Um, he could work with everybody, man. And to see what other companies did to him, it, it really sucks looking at it at 2022 Vision, you know. Um, but this match is fantastic. I went three and a quarter on it. Um, for an opener such a small niche thing. I mean, this is the first match for ECW's pay-per-view, and they trusted these four guys to deliver and keep people here so that way they can remember the next pay-per-view like, oh shit, they opened with such a banger of a match last time. Let me get this and order it early, right? Like, it feels like they did everything they were supposed to do for their first opener pay-per-view. And my hat's off to all four of them. Everyone played their part. It was awesome. Pat, what you got? I gave it three flat. I mean, I could go three and a quarter. I think I just bump it up. I, I love that match, dude. It was fucking sick. It was sick to fucking start off the pay-per-view because, 
We all know this pay per view is fucking insane. But um, like I will say, um, I watched the first match by myself, and then me and Corlin ended up watching pay per view together. And when we first saw each other after us both watching that first match, the first thing we said to each other was like, "Yo, Perry Saturn is a motherfucking dog. Like mm-hmm. he was so good in this match, man." And it's just like I feel like he's one of those wrestlers that never really got their flowers like they should have. Oh, when yeah. it was going on, and you know, I'll be the first to do it. I guess I'll give him his flowers on this podcast. Yeah, but, uh, didn't yeah, give him his important. flowers. Gave him a mop instead. Um, gave him a mop instead. <laughs> Casey, what you got on this, my friend? Um, I want to give a special shout out to one of the guys standing in the crowd that had a fucking an away Jerome Bettis jersey on. Yeah, <laughs> I fucking saw it, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" I was like, "This is '97 as shit." <laughs> I love Jerome Bettis. It was the first football jersey I ever had, so I was like, that's my dude. Um, to go back to what I was saying about the hard camera being just too close to the to the crowd, when Saturn's gonna go for a uh he goes for an elbow drop, all you right before he goes, he's your big elbow from someone <laughs> in the crowd. And I was like, God damn it, dude. Um yeah, I mean, I, I, we can all kind of gush about Saturn for a minute, but it's like, it's fucking wild to see how fucking great he was. And yeah. I think the whole problem is that he was just a, he's a big muscular guy who fucking flipped around weight, like, with such grace that it didn't make any fucking sense for someone his size. So, of course, other people are not going to utilize him that way. Um also, I think I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm ninety percent sure that at the end of the so at the end of this match, Joel comes back in and says that the I haven't Dudley, covered that yet. The Dudley's actually won, and I'm gonna cover it. I don't care. But yep. he gets a total elimination for his yep. troubles, and I think it's the whole reason why I think he actually starts he wears the neck brace. So Yeah, they yeah. also I'm pretty sure broke his nose if you watch. It, it, uh, he gets killed, he um, gets and he immediately grabs his face. Yeah. yeah, but that's that's the whole shtick there is why he wears a neck brace I literally for the rest of his I career. I wasn't. I was. I was trying to remember if it was because of them or if it was because of the Dudleys. I don't because like he had like that weird relationship with them afterwards. But I was like, I think it was a, like this was the moment for it. Um, yeah. But I gave the match a three. It's a it's a solid start to a to this pay per view. Big Ethan. Um, I went three and a quarter. Um, I thought it was your perfect opener. Um, coming out of watching all this 2003 shit where the Dudleys just do the same match every single week and you also have overbooked bullshit on top of it, it was nice seeing and being reminded why they are regarded as one of the best tag teams of all time because this ruled. You know, it's not some amazing thing, but, I mean, they just went out there and did spots. I mean, that's what this crowd wanted. Like I said, this crowd was weird to me. You know, they were quiet for some of the biggest matches on this show. They they just wanted spots. You know, they just wanted shit to happen, and this match gave it to them more than any match on the card. It was just nonstop, boom, boom, bang, throwing bombs. Um, so I went three and a quarter. Um, I think it was probably – it was one of my favorite matches on the card, to be honest, just because the crowd, was, the crowd was with it the whole way through. Perry Saturn is awesome. Dude, the, the tag matches in ECW – it just blows my mind. Just that, like they were, they're so great. Yeah. And like, I mean, we'll get into it again. But like, ECW was the first one to do triple threats, three way dances. They were the first ones to do tornado tag matches. 
And like, if you look at any other company and you look back at like the format of what everyone's used for these style matches, you're looking at ECW product. You're looking mm-hmm. at the first ones ever done. And that is all to the brainchild of Paulie Dangerously. But like he's the one that told them all that they could do it. And they pulled it off, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I knew that this was going to be a doozy as soon as I saw um, the Eliminators get in the ring. And they had like the tandem over the top land at the mm-hmm. same time. I was like, oh, this is fucking great. Um, Bubba broke his ankle in this match. Yes, yeah, so yeah. he, he was mur- nursing it heavy too. I, I was like, that's not he's, uh, that shit hurts. And he still takes total elimination at the end. Fuck. Made me laugh so hard when I saw it and I was like, how in the hell is he even firstly hitting the ropes that he has to? Like, he's hitting them full speed. Um, yeah. I went three and a quarter on this. I thought it was great, man. I was between three and three and a quarter. Um, I just thought it was great. Um, as you said, Casey Joel Gertner announced afterwards that due to the stud muffin scoring system, awesome, the Dudleys <laughs> retain their titles. Um, I fucking love him so much. The new the new champions hit him with total elimination for his troubles, and I'm pretty sure Cronus breaks Gertner's entire face. Um, yeah. And then so, I have this moment's the reason that Joel wore the neck brace for the rest of his career. To, al- to also go off of your point about them coming in, they also went out the exact same way. There wasn't yes, like how true. instead of like going through the middle ropes or going underneath a bolt, it was like Saturn went out over the top rope and then Cronus grabbed his belt, looked and went okay, and then went over the ex- like it was like everything that they did was like this is a tag team in stereo. Yeah, yeah. it's just so good, man. And it's crazy um, to see uh, like them hug and for such a, a yeah. mean ECW crowd not to eat them alive yeah. for hugging so much. Like, those dudes are genuinely happy for each other in this match. So it's really cool to see. I think Saturn was also calling some shit. Like, hey, we're going to kill Gertner in a minute, so just get ready. Uh, (laughs) Because you see him him getting in his ear and talking. But yeah, they they definitely crushed some people on this card for doing even halfway similar things. And so they, they definitely gave him their respect. But this was an awesome opener. Um, we get a promo package for Sandman. Dude. I watched this on Peacock. Did y'all watch it all on Peacock as well? I did. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, what Joey was... Styles says after the match killed me. What's that? When Joey Styles after the match. He goes to the he's like you know they kept going to the match and he tell Joey Gertner's parents he's never coming home <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> Joey Styles, what a what a character. Um, we get a promo package for Sandman, which I guess was entirely dubbed over. Like, there's, like, quotes and mm-hmm. things that happen in this, but it's just, like, a music package. Um, I suppose this was really introducing him uh, to those who may not have had knowledge to ECW and just bought it. But then you find out that, like, there's yeah, promo work like, involved. He's trash-talking Balls Mahoney for <laughs> some, like, spot that happened on TV. Mm. Um, yeah, well, he cracks him with that kendo stick that we see. Fucking yeah, 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 yeah. Folds it folds it over his head. Absolutely. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, three letters the full of CTE. Yeah, just doing the typical Sandman thing, brother. It's still one of the best uses of slow-mo technology was watching like, that, that whole cane fucking wraps around his head, basically hits him in the shoulder blades, and it comes back. I was like, ah, oh, Jesus it's yeah, crazy. It's balls. crazy. Sandman. It's crazy who Sandman is today because there's nothing. I mean, it's 
obviously destiny. Like, there's nothing that didn't tell you that that's gonna happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Odd little tidbit about Sandman. I'm pretty sure he's sober now, and he does like his whole shtick in the beginning, like his walkout entrance with like cans of soda or like cans of like non-alcoholic beer. So he's just having the time of his life, but just having still living the live gimmick, brother. Some fucking old duels just crack. <laughs> <laughs> just lighting his ass up. <laughs> Chris Candido's in the ring, and he cuts a promo, and it's long-winded as hell. Uh, the best thing he said was uh, him daring Sandman to come down and hit him with a Singapore, Singapore cane. And then he says, uh, there's a problem, though. I'm allergic to cigarette smoke. And that if he has a Singapore cane, well, Singapore is a pussy country. And once Sandman has a Jersey cane, to then come hit him. Uh, he also cuts a little bit of a promo on Stevie Richards and on Terry Funk. And he says, I will be a part of this pay-per-view somehow, some way. Then we cut to uh, Pat's favorite wrestler of all time, the baddie with no personality, uh, Lance Storm walking down, kind of doing like a, what the hell's happening? I didn't get this memo in the back. Uh, he has a quick handshake with Chris Candido, and we're on to our next match, which is Lance Storm versus Rob Van Dam. Uh, this was real fun. This was excellent as well. Uh, another banger of a match. And in 2022 eyes, it's easy to say that like this should have been great, but it did deliver, man. Even in 2022 standards, this was awesome. Um, Storm hits a tiger bomb on a chair, <laughs> then follows it up with a flying leg drop, which uh, RVD lands straight on that chair head first. Uh, Van Dam tries. Fantastic! Oh, for sure. Most the of chair this. wasn't the chair wasn't set up by Lance Storm. RBD is trying is still selling the bomb and has and it. He with grabs him. the chair and tries to pull himself up with it, and his hand slips the seat, and he's just leaning over trying to get himself up, and he gets a leg drop and he eats the good chair. Good shit. It's good. Um, Van Dam tries for the springboard back elbow thing but slips off the middle rope, and the crowd gave him the business. You and this was... Up. You fucked up! Just lit him up for a minute, man. Um, Storm hits, hits Van Dam with a couple of shitty chair shots, and the crowd is eating this alive at this point, booing the hell out of him. RVD jumps up, hits Van Daminator, uh, followed up with a standing moonsault for the three. Um, Ethan, would you go on this, my friend? Did I miss anything that stuck out to you? I don't think you did. I mean, it was just a real fun match. I went three stars. Um, the only reason I didn't go three and a quarter or three and a half is there was like a minute or two in there I feel like could have been shaved off just due to the crowd they were working under because this is where I started to notice that when things don't just keep running at that pace, they kind of all dip down and quiet and way down. And this was going real hot. And there was like a minute or two there where they were actually doing some stuff a little bit slower. And the crowd just kind of dissipated, which it didn't bother me, though, them slowing it down. But I think it, you know, in ECW, if the crowd's not into it, it kind of takes away from the match because half of what ECW is is the fucking crowd and the fan base. So, um, but, I mean, I have no complaints about the match. It was a blast, you know, everything you'd expect from these two in ECW. So, yeah, three flat, good shit, no, no time wasted. Hell yeah. Love it. Pat, where'd you go, my friend? I went three and a quarter for this one. Um, you know, just two fucking masters fucking mastering, man. That shit was awesome. It was awesome fucking yeah, badass. Yeah. Like, I, I can't, there's really nothing I can add to this. You know, that shit was fucking badass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have a question yeah. for you. I have a question. Is Rob Van Dam a baddie with personality? Oh, yes. 
Oh yeah, she has a lot of personality. Good. So we had the the tale of two baddies in this one. God, yes. it. Love, to Love to see it. There's a clip for you, Casey. Go ahead and post that reel on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok over at, at Up and Over Pod. Um, I went three and a quarter on this as well, man. I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, like you said, two masters mastering, man. This was just a, a blast <laughs> for me. Um, I, you really see that, like, the future for both of these guys could have been limitless, right? And really, RVD got the most of it because he's a baddie with personality. With and that got him far. That got him far. Uh, Casey, what'd you go on this, man? Um, first, I want to say Landstorm's fucking haircut is the wildest is. shit. Portland is. circa 2014, <laughs> baby. It's his Motherfucker had the Lance, rat tail. Landstorm that man takes the rat tail on his neck. Yeah, he has a <laughs> signature, his signature flat top with this fucking just thick fucking rat tail. And Dude, when he, he don't even look real. When he turned, I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, I, Dude, I, immediately, I was like, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Where, where'd this come from? I thought something had crawled up on my TV. That shit fucking weirded me out. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, to... Landstorm, you're not a baddie as long as you have that damn rat tail on. Good Cut that off. <laughs> Um, so two Ethan's kind of points about like the match kind of losing the crowd a bit. I think it also lost me a little bit. It's not a bad match. I just think that there's like just the how things were going. Lance also hitting one of the daintiest chair shots I've ever seen in the history of chairs. Eh, it was so. <laughs> it. I was like. I was like. Did I? Did something go wrong? Like you didn't even hear contact. It was so light. I gave it two and three quarters. I, I knew it. I lost it a little bit, and like you I guess that's not a bad match. It's just like it just felt weird. Okay, I'm glad that I'm not the only. You know, I mean, not that it was bad or anything, but there yeah. was just a point in there where it kind of like it felt like they were running at a pace, and then it was just like it got weird for a minute, then they finished off. Also, like them, the the them being the crowd, all the ECW diehards, them hating fucking RVD is also just weird. Oh yeah, they were chanting "You it's sold bizarre. out" and shit. Yeah, I forgot. They were, yeah, they we'll, we'll get from, there. Yeah, well, they just but like from start to finish, they fucking, my thunder. We're not stealing anything. It happened. They did it the at match, the beginning brother. of the match. <laughs> <laughs> it happened throughout, and it just felt weird. Cause I'm just like he is, he is like ECW. Like he held the television title for fucking like two years or some dumb shit. Like everyone yeah, loved him. Like, so them being like, "Fuck that guy," I'm like, ah. Oh. ECW in my brain is like, okay, Sandman, RVD, Tommy Dreamer, like, those are really, like, the staple guys yeah. in my brain. Sabu's in there, but, like, yeah. Taz is in there, but, like, really, those are the three that come to mind. Yeah. Cortland, Casey dropped us under three stars there, brother. I need you to bounce us back, please. Good. Go two. I gave it a flat three. I gave That's it a like flat it. three. I enjoyed this match. Uh, like y'all said, it did fall flat in about probably, like, seven, six, seven minutes in. Uh, but they do bring it back up. I enjoyed certain spots. RBD throwing the chair, Lance Storm catching it, throwing it back at him. It's just like little small shit, little nuances like that. Um, like we touched on, they do like this whole you sold out chance. And uh, that's all based from like just rumors of him leaving and he was going to dip and all this nonsense. But like, the chunk of this match is at the end. It's after the match. Because this is just a that they're trying to get both of these guys to, right? And Landstorm gets his flowers from this crowd. His rat tail made me want to grow mine back. 
And uh, I just, it. it's so, what, man? Do you it. have a daughter you now, brother. I need you to just keep it, keep it together for me. I'm going to give her a rat tail too. Fuck. No, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> do it. Hell my yeah. kid, I'll do what I want. Oh, man. <laughs> my child. I'm going to give her a skullet. <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, man, I enjoyed this match a lot. Um, it could have, it could have done more. I'm glad that they got out of there when they had the chance to get out. Yeah. Um. So yeah, man, three flat. I feel like, like I said, the end of this match and this interaction, um, at the end is really where they were trying to get. Because the match did not tell you at all. It, it yeah, it was just a nice little gift that you got. Um, check off skullet off of a word I wasn't expecting to hear today. I just um, learned what a skullet was yesterday. Though. Oh man, it's Watch gonna follow you, you around. What is a skullet though? How do you explain it? There was this. I don't so even like, know how to balled up top. But then you're rocking like the Hulk Hogan, turn. Hulk yeah. Hogan, Hulk Hogan, but like <laughs> trashier. Like it's yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah. Like you on a cross, it's like a come over, but <laughs> from the back. Yeah, yeah, it's very <laughs> terrifying. Yeah, I want Casey to grow his hair out and rock a skullet for a, a one one episode. I'll do it. I don't give a fuck. Man, <laughs> got a skullet. What happened? Just bring it out. <laughs> oh man, I would probably throw up live. It'd be terrible. <laughs> um, post, <laughs> let's get back on track, fellas. But <laughs> post match, RBD says he doesn't give a shit if he has the respect of any of the boys in the back. He's pissed that he was chosen as a second line wrestler to fill in for the injured Chris Candido. He said that he's not a second line anything. Um, he took the match for one reason, and that was business. He's now worth more money in ECW, and he's worth more money, money elsewhere. Elsewhere. As he's, as he's leaving the ring, can y'all clarify on what these chants were? Because for me, at first, it was get the fuck out, and then yeah. it turned into you sold out. Like, it was kind of like a weird, let's move toward this. Yeah, I can't sure understand was get the fuck when out. they had the four syllables. I did hear the you sold out at the end, but yeah. that... Before I was kind of wondering what they were saying. Pretty sure it was get the fuck out. Like was I'm it, pretty sure that was. Was chant. it just me or like did like RVD have like? Let's go away, brother. He had like an aggressive lisp throughout the entire promo though, <laughs> and I was just like, it was like really like lispy. He was like, let's. He's like, I'm super good now. It felt Casey, weird. Casey, you fixate on audio more than anyone I've Bro, ever. It's fucking life, the whole ever. fucking show, you, man. man. Y'all watch. Sometimes y'all watch different shows than I. He's Mr. Monday Night. He's Mr. Pay-Per-View. Casey's not even watching the match. Casey's listening to the guy in your hard cam. I got these these beautiful headphones on. I can hear fucking everything. Dude, it's like, I watch the show and it's like, all right, video package. Crowd's (laughs) hot. Start the first match. Got some commentators talking. Y'all, it's like, there was a sign over there on row A of section 110 in the balcony. There was mustard on his lapel. You... <laughs> not to spoil anything, I'm still trying to figure out how the fuck that massive sign that comes in later on, like where the fuck they were hiding that thing I have at. No idea what you're even Don't referencing. Even you're if you guys. do not know what I'm talking about, you did not watch one of these matches. I watched. I'm Ethan, you. Ethan, go back and just watch the intro, and you'll see the Eric Bischoff 
Uh, what what was it? What was the dude, quote? It's literally front row. You can't miss. Bischoff it. takes it up the ass. As yeah, I mean, was... front row, dude. Front row hard cam. It's not hard to see. Just pay attention, Ethan. Yeah, what? just because I saw the Jerome Bettis that's on hard cams, fucking seven rows back up on, up on the chair. He was he's he's been an old football player. Let's go back. Let's get back. You're about to heart, you know, just crush Casey's heart. It's fine. Um, we jump into the next match, which. Uh, Joey Styles, I feel like, does a really good job like presenting to an American audience. Uh, we have a special match presented from Michinoku Pro Wrestling. Uh, it's Taka Michinoku, Terry Boy, and Dick Togo versus Gran Hamada, Masato Yakushiji, and the great Sasuke. Um, one thing stood out to me in this match that pissed me off, and it is, it is audio. Um, so, Casey, I'm going to sound like a, a hypocriticizer here. Um <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was uh, uh, that was to pop Cortland more than anything. Well, you're a um, hypocriticizer too. You're a fucking hypocriticizer too. <laughs> um, Styles on commentaries says the great Sasuke, and it made oh, yeah. me throw up in my mouth. Um, but anyway, this was a match that ran at breakneck speed from start to finish. This just kept going. Um, some of the bumps Yakushiji took in this were cringeworthy as they were trying to actually commit murder, and he was only 21 years old. That poor child. Um, Sasuke's moonsault to the outside on Dick Togo made me sit up and yell, and I'm in my room by myself. Um, he goes right into the front row, and you see one of the guys, like, that was in the front row, four rows back, like, what the fuck? Like, it's, it's just so good. Um. Holy shit! It was sick. Uh, the end sequence between Michinoku and Sasuke was great, and Sasuke gets the pin for his team via a Tiger suplex. I went four stars flat on this, man. I thought this was the best match in the card. Uh, on the card, I thought that they delivered, and uh, the crowd was super, super into it, and uh, it was just really well received. Uh, Cortland, Pat, I saw y'all immediately have a good reaction, so I'm going to pass it down to y'all. Rock, paper, scissors for who goes first. I just do it. Um, I went four and a half stars, bro. I fucking loved this match. Jesus Christ, I'd watch it any day. Like, it's just great, man. It's it's beautiful, beautiful work from every man that was in the match. Um, when I was a kid, I was a big uh, Takamishinoku fan. So, mm -hmm. like, just, you know, just watching a random match. Because, you know, we, I didn't know we were going to do this pay-per-view last week. Shit. And, like, just to just be sitting here and just watch a random talking match, like, I just fucking lost it. I was like, this is fucking awesome. A nice little gift. Yeah, you know? And it was just, it was just great. It was a great fucking match. I had a lot of fun. Me and Corlin were literally losing our minds watching this match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had a good time. A lot of screaming and a lot of yelling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I went four and a quarter, man. I, I really enjoyed this match. I think that if, if you're a pro wrestling fan, that can't really get into six-man tag matches. I highly suggest uh, this is one that I think goes to top of the list for six-man tags. Um, it did go a little far. They could have shaved off a couple minutes, but I mean, I'm not complaining about the length. It's it's fucking amazing. There's so many near falls and a lot of saves from uh, partners. There's a Mikinoku driver that I mean, they always look great, but man. That one looked fucking devastating. Um, yeah. They also pointed out that uh, Suzuki had wrestled in the Tokyo Dome the night before, sold out, and then 
flew home, or not, sorry, not flew home, flew back to Philadelphia to do ECW Barely Legal. Said he might have so, jet lag. Said he might have jet lag. And he's <laughs> flying he around. And he gets nothing <laughs> and whoops everyone's ass. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> Sasuke it's, was moving, bro. Sasuke yeah, was it's, getting it's after It's fantastic. Um, everyone worked their shit. Uh, there's a lot of personality in this match, which I loved. It really came through the screen. The crowd really enjoyed this match. Um, it's just great to see that even in 97, that Japan was coming to America to work American promotions and it was being so well received by the American audience. And it goes show that athleticism is, you don't have to have um, an English language or any language to be able to tell an art in the ring. If it's fantastic, people are going to enjoy it. You don't have to cut a promo all the time for you to be well received. And this match showed it over and over again for a solid 20 minutes. So yeah. uh, hats off Spe- to it. Speaking of the personality, there was a moment where uh, Terry Boy and Taka Michinoku had, I want to say it was Great Sasuke's arms. And Dick Togo jumps up on his back and flexes on him. Fucking kneels down on him and poses. And I was like, this Dick. is the most disrespectful fucking thing I've ever it seen. It was anyone. Oh, man. Dick, <laughs> Dick Togo did that shit. Dick Togo's the, probably the most underrated. Dick has to do that shit. Yeah, like, that Dick has Togo's... to be done. Go ahead, Ethan. As a Dick Togo is probably the most underrated person in this match. Like, I've been riding hard for Dick Togo for a while. I actually discovered him before I even saw this match. That's um, the craziest statement I've ever heard. What? <laughs> I've been riding hard, riding been hard for, for Dick Togo. To- I mean, Togo. <laughs> you can't be riding Thank goodness your mic didn't cut out on his last name. That would have been uh, <laughs> a fun you know clip, brother. I've been riding hard on Dick. <laughs> Give y'all something to close. <laughs> There was also a brain buster that Taka hit, I think, on Yakushiji, uh, Yakushiji, uh, and I was like, "Oh, he's actually he committed murder, like right there in Philadelphia." Um, I do want to I want to add in really fast to the Dick Togo pose. It's while they're doing it, and then Mishinoku flips off the crowd. No, he, he goes. I missed that. Pose, and then he goes, "Ha!" Ethan, we had discussed your rating on this, and. Uh, I think your fears came true, considering. Oh what no, Pat I'm going to be the lowest one on it, but I mean, it was still awesome. Um, but I guess I'll go ahead and come out with mine to start with. Uh, I was three and three quarters. I was initially three and a half, three and three quarters. Um, as, as somebody who loves Japanese wrestling, I love these matches. They actually had because they did the Michinoku Pro Kai and Tai run of matches a lot, or like in '96 and '97. And they did one on fucking hardcore TV a few weeks before this. Yeah. That I actually, I you've seen that one, Casey? Yes, of course. Yeah. It's yes. so good. I, I uh, the, and it's weird because that match, I, it was probably seven years ago when I watched it. But I went four and a half then. I haven't watched it since, so I might need to go back and look. But um, yeah, this was a blast for me. Um, and to go back on the Dick Togo fucking shit, um. <laughs> Just seeing him here, it's uh, it always is surprising to me that he hasn't become a bigger name to American fans because of his personality. Um, I remember I saw him for the first time when he uh, came over and faced El Generico, Sami Zayn, in PWG in 2010. Not the same like, person. Yeah, you're right. My bad. I get him mixed up. Um, but 
and I was blown away by Dick. And now Dick Togo's in fucking Bullet Club, even though Bullet Club sucks now. But just weird seeing fucking 20, 20 how long ago was this? 25 years ago? Fucking yeah. Dick Togo, and he's still around. And then obviously Taka Michinoku. Um, and also another cool thing, it seems like every 10 years, there's like a Japanese trios match that comes to America and exposes America to a whole nother style of Japanese wrestling. And in 97, it was this that showed everybody what Michinoku Pro was all about. And then 10 years later in 2006, the Dragon Gate six man from ROH Supercard Honor did the same fucking thing. I just think it's sick that, um, what you smirking at case? We'll talk about it after. <laughs> okay. But, um, I just think it's really cool looking back and seeing how things trend. Um, and how this match influenced the style of a lot of American junior wrestling in the years to come. Um, it's just, You're talking decades to come, too, man. It's Lord. still oh, yeah. felt today. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's just, you know, these matches are super influential. And, I mean, Taka Michinoku and all them signed to WWF after this. So, yep, yep, yeah. three and three quarters. I, I think to, like, kind of, like, how you were saying that, like, no one really kind of gives, like, to go the time of day it's because of this shit like anytime like he was around up until like he goes back to japan like anytime he was like on like american television besides an ecw like it, they you fucking horrible racist japanese shit is all we ever got yeah, from man. these guys so it's like it's Casey, unfortunate but what's up did you just call that man dick to go yes <laughs> To go, always. <laughs> Pat watched me sit up and change my whole body. Like, I, my, 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 I, I know you did. And I just, I just moved past it. I'm like, good to go. I don't give a fuck, dude. I'm pretty sure he's been called that multiple times on national Dick television. Dick What a king. I, Casey, what'd you go on this? Did you have anything I, else that you wanted to add to it? I'm a little sad that no one either like liked this spot. Or just kind of like everyone missed it. There's so many spots. Ter- <laughs> Terry Boy throwing Yakuziji out of the ring. Yakuziji rolling back in. Him coming. Terry Boy coming back into the ring, throwing him back out. Yakuziji sliding back in, doing a baseball slide into a fucking head scissor takeover is one of the greatest fucking spots. Where it's just like the constant back and forth and like the little bit of humor into it was so good. And like it was enough to where I had to stop and be like, "This was a great sequence." That like it made it popped me for some reason. Just the constant and, back and forth and like Terry, like Terry Boy getting like visibly fucking frustrated, be like, "Get the fuck out of the ring!" <laughs> and then getting a scissor takeover for his time. Um, and Yakashiji was a late add to this, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who the other who was supposed he, to be on it, but there's like. Either he was. He sick filled or, in yeah. for uh, Grand Naniwa, who is yeah, oh. who is a uh, a comedy wrestler. So I feel like we would have gotten a lot of that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he was injured, and uh, man, uh, Yakashiji made the most of his time. But sorry to interrupt you. No, no, you're fine. I I'd forgotten about that too. But yeah, because I originally when I looked at the the card like before I watched it, that was who was billed. No one ever changed it for some reason, which is mm. like, like, come on, man. Yakasiji fucking wrestled like 90% of the match. And he retired, like, he only wrestled for nine years. He retired in like 2002. Because I, mean, I loved his, I loved everything he did so much. I was like, let me go watch more matches. 
Nothing. I mean, they beat that's the, the only one. They beat the shit out of him in this match. Like he's probably... yeah, he was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm out of here. Fuck this. This also, hurt. Going from watching two of the worst multiple people tag matches at WrestleMania to this, and they're yeah, not, yeah. and they're being loose tag rules where it was like technically as long as one person from each side is in the ring, that's the it's legal still... man. It fucking worked. It like yeah, I'm not gonna go back on the tangent again. I I sat kind of where where Ethan is. I'm at three and three quarters for the match. It's a great match. It fucking redeems every fucking tag match I think we've watched since this podcast has started. <laughs> I really would implore you and Ethan to go back and rewatch this and see if it doesn't jump up to a four. No, uh, there's just a lot to embrace in this and like a lot to digest really. Yeah. Um, that I think it'd be easy to jump up or down, I just mean, depending on what you're fixated on. Yeah, for sure. That's why I'm like, it's probably just nice to say it there, because if I don't make me pick it apart, I'll be cynical about it. That's fair. That's totally <laughs> fair. Uh, post-match, there's a little scrum between uh, Togo and Hamada, but it was just like, it felt like a weird thing. Um, yeah, maybe maybe real heat, brother. Weird. Maybe real heat, heat, brother. Because it kind of um, seemed like it, like everyone's on the outside pulling him away, and he's like looking at him like, you fucking think this is a joke, dude? I'm going to come in there, and everyone's shit. And they're just all relax, kind of brother, please. The ring, like, is someone else going to come in and run up on us? Or like, so they just like put their hands up. It was just a weird thing. Um, we get a promo from Stevie Richards uh, in black and white. Uh, tonight is about Stevie Richards becoming a man, and he's ready to earn the respect that he feels he deserves, uh, especially from Raven. Um this is whatever. I, it, uh, I get that they're trying to. That's ob- it's the BWO. They're obviously trying to do the whole like NWO thing, but their song doesn't match the promo. So having like their like the BWO <laughs> entrance song being like all fucking quirky, and he's like, "I was a fucking shill of a man for two years, being fucking and like it's like a serious like, promo." <laughs> 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 it's very funny dude it's fucking wild you're just like it was i was like sitting there like halfway through i'm like was this an accident like why are we doing this to him like it's a serious didn't you, promo didn't you have uh blue meanie popping at the end talking like razor ramon at the end too yes yeah he's like I'm like, shit. I hate it, man. It's so bad. It's, it's awful. That's why I love it's it. It's so bad. I hated it so much as a kid, dude. I hated it so Speaking about hating back, things, like, oh. speaking about hating things, we move on to the next match. The franchise Shane Douglas with Francine by his side, defending the ECW World Television Championship oh. against Pitbull number two, Anthony Durante. I forgot, I forgot to mention, uh, in between or right after big stevie cools promo there was a terry funk video that was taken out of the peacock version Mm. Mm. they cut a lot from this apparently they like trimmed a lot of stuff out Uh, they also like did a half halfway job of like censoring certain words but then like later on like that word was just fine it just seemed silly all over the place however could you imagine actually having somebody dedicated at like at Peacock, like, having to go through and sit through all of this, and, like, all right, here's a beep button at 2 hours, 15 minutes, 42 seconds. 
Uh, that would be like, you're horrible. You're not gonna mute the crowd whenever they're chanting your Get the fuck out! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Show your tits! Show like Shane Douglas when he says, "I was the first one to call out pussies." But they bleeped. Yeah, they they bleeped. They bleeped. Chris Candido earlier for saying Singapore's a pussy country, which I get bleeping that, right? That's a whole country of people. He says, he like says like he calls out pussies, but then he says something else in like the same sentence and they bleep that out and it wasn't as bad as calling someone pussies. Like, I was sitting there going, what? (sighs) Pitbull number two, Anthony Durante, who... Looks like Braun Breaker now that I think about it. Uh, is not only challenging for the championship, but also to avenge Pitbull number one Gary Wolf as the franchise broke Wolf's neck. Um, It could have been due to the placement of this match on the card, but this was the shits. Um, Douglas (laughs) Douglas wins this via pinfall by way of belly-to-belly suplex. I gave it a star and a half, fellas. I gave it a star and a half, and that was uh, that felt that felt that felt generous. This sucked ass cheeks. Uh, Casey, Casey, what you got, my friend? Okay, so like we had we had talked about this, you know, privately in our group chat. Like I, the promo behind it, all of the work of like how like what they were trying to explain, like once again on paper sounded good. I don't know if it's because Pitbull number two is just a good tag wrestler or what, but yeah, he's this is a tag wrestler. I'm just, I'm trying to give him benefit of the doubt, man. All right. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice here. Um, for some reason I wrote down when Shane Douglas is cutting his promo, he goes, you don't have to like me and I don't give a shit if you do. And I was like, good for you, Shane. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I like that. <laughs> That's admirable. But to go to what you said this finish was, remind everyone, Pimple number two gets hit with brass knuckles, which looks like a And a chain, right? With a le- it looks like a leather fucking and, bracelet, if you look at it. And fragments of a broken table. Yeah, so it gets hit twice with brass knuckles, part of a table, a chair... No, it's not like he either did no- like this. Oh, no, he's he flat hands... He flat-hand a broken piece of a table and hit him It's about a table. (laughs) It's a piece of a table probably about, like, three feet wide and, like, three feet tall. And he takes that motherfucker and cracks it over his head. And Pimple number two either either completely no-sells these or does a quick kick-out. Or he does a quick kick-out, but a belly-to-belly suplex. fucking done he's just it's over i don't know if they got pressed for time and like they had to rush the finish at the end there i don't know i don't fucking know all right i'm trying to not be cynical about this disaster of a fucking match this is this is this is three months before bill goldberg debuts so pitbull number two is just testing to see if the no cell got the crowd over brother dude there wasn't a thing that got this cut over. I gave it. I'm. A, I gave it a gentleman's fucking two because I'm not oh, trying man. to be fucking mean. <laughs> like, <laughs> Ethan, by all means, fucking ruin everyone else's day. Here it is. Here it is. I'm with Mike. Star and a half. So here's what we got here. You want to? I get what they're trying to do. Shane Douglas is great. I'll give him his his credit. His flowers. Oh, Pitbull number two. 
I don't know if this was a test to see if this man could work a singles main event style match, but he fucking failed it. Man didn't <laughs> sell shit. He didn't have no fucking fire. That's half the reason this sucked. And the crowd knew it from the goddamn jump because he did nothing to make anyone be invested in this. I can't tell you shit about Pitbull number two right now. I can't tell you shit he did here because he didn't do nothing. Oh, I was going to say, uh, Ethan, he passed away. That's why you can't say anything about him is because. Well, Russ is. <laughs> That's where you're going, bud. Do, That's why. This match did prove something to everyone that if you do what the ECW crowd did during this match to Cody Rhodes, he might go away because there wasn't a fucking sound that happened during most of this match. Dude, yeah, kind of like I was stunned silence. Uh, can I be honest with y'all? I had to pause this match halfway through and take a nap because I was exhausted from it. I, I'm not even joking. I took a, a, a solid two hour nap. I woke up feeling refreshed. Had to watch this thing again. It was like another <laughs> nine minutes left. It I was had, miserable. I, I had my phone in my hand for the majority of it. This was just. I, I would compare it to Triple H and Scott Steiner, but these two actually had a better plan than Triple H and Scott Steiner had when they yeah. shit the bed. You know, they had something they wanted to go for, but unfortunately Pitbull didn't know how to execute it, so we got dog shit. So I'd put this more in the realm of Brock Lesnar Goldberg shitty. This, I was going to say, this this or Goldberg and Lesnar, Ethan? What would you rather watch? you know, you get out there and you start trying to do this, and I know, you know, you're trying to fucking do the match you set out to do, but fuck it, man. If, If they can't even realize they're not able to work the match they're trying to do. They ain't going to be able to fucking alternate what they're doing. They just hard-headed as fuck and kept doing a terrible match, and no one gave a fuck, man. I just hope those, these guys knew that no one cared about anything they did, and they kept shoving it down their throat, and they I think I think you missed my question. Would you rather watch this or Lesnar-Goldberg? Lesnar-Goldberg. Mm. <laughs> it's fucking funny. Tell me one thing in this match that made you laugh. This made you go to sleep. Fucking... It, literally, it literally made me go to sleep. That's the <laughs> issue here. But here's the, the thing, dude. That Lesnar I and Goldberg I over was I kept screaming at Pat. I was like, who the fuck is standing there with that dumb-ass motorcycle? <laughs> they had the right. They had, they had, they had Oh, we'll get, like, we'll get to who's standing there. I was like, there. it's not a fucking mannequin? Because like, he didn't move. It was Ruby Solo. So, was she born yet? Pat, leave the room. No, I think she's like, no. It... Cortland, what nah, they do? needed the Florida ride to, or wherever the fuck they were in fucking city. They needed the ride squad uh, for court purposes. That's what Joey Styles said. So they had the riot squad. The riot squad. Yeah. What? Oh God. Oh, I. Oh my. It was the Philadelphia. <laughs> it was the Philadelphia just... riot squad because Shane Douglas had a hard time getting from, like, to the ring because he had dude. that. They, they keep fucking with the franchise, man. They wouldn't leave the franchise alone, so we had to. Ollie must have knew that they were gonna have to have something to try and get this crowd into this shit. Let's bring the fucking riot squad down there. That still didn't get them into it. The Riot Squad took fucking Pitbull number one out or whatever, and the crowd was like, oh, okay. Dude, this, this was ass cheeks, man. <laughs> let's, uh, let's give the floor to, uh, to Cortland. Cortland, feel free. I don't know. Y'all have it higher than we do. I gave this We're rating it so y'all could bump it up for us. <laughs> I gave it a star and three quarters. I don't know how that's going to I'm just surprised I'm just, people I, went lower than me. I thought <laughs> I shit on this. Thing. Oh no, um, man. Yeah, man, it's not great. 
uh, like you said, they had a story. They were trying to get somewhere. It didn't do well. Um, Pitbull number two is obviously a tag team wrestler. Um, I can't say a whole lot about his work because I'm just not that familiar with a lot of it. But I will say that there is a two out of three falls dog collar tag team match between Raven, Steven Richards versus the Pitbulls. I recommend to go watch that match. I think that is really good storytelling, and both Pitbulls showed their asses off in that match. However, this match is not like that one. It's not that match at all. (laughs) And, I mean, this thing dragged on. I think it ran 20-some-odd minutes. Was it really Uh, that fucking long? Holy shit. It It was the longest match on the card. It was was 20 minutes and 43 seconds. There it is. It was such Um, a blur that I was like, maybe they just, like, ran for time. I don't know. (laughs) It's it's about nine minutes, too. They should have ran this shit home at 10 minutes. And give it 10 minutes properly just because it's a championship match. And I don't want to see a championship match lower than that. However, I would have really enjoyed it to be like four minutes if there was no bell. Um, This is not a great match. But I do love Shane Douglas, though, man. I think that uh, he's one of those guys that deserves flowers. And, um, man, I mean, when you look at that dude's career, you look at, him throwing the Eastern Championship wrestling belt on the, on like on the mat. Uh, you look at just so many accomplishments in his career. The people he's had matches with, people he's surrounded himself with. Um, and there's not a lot of people he's with that didn't become legends. Um, but like this match is not one of them. Pitbull number two is not becoming a legend from this match. Um, I should have gone lower. Yeah, I should have gone lower. You have the chance. Nope, he already uh, said it. All right. All right. It's already out in the open. The, notes. the caption the notes. of this match is Shane Douglas versus Pitbull number two. I should have gone lower. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, what'd you go, bud? I went one and a half stars. Um, You're shitting on me, and we went the same rating. You went a half a star. I went one and a half. Went one and a half. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Never mind then. Yeah, I thought you went a half a star. That's why I was dying because it's crazy. <laughs> um, it's one of those. Ma- look, 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 look. Before I even get started on the match, Shane Douglas's promo was some real shit, and I just want to talk about how fucking hard he was. Yeah, like man. Shane Douglas was such a G man, and it's just like, and he continued to be one forever. He like, did work in TNA that was fucking great. Like, he's yeah. such a G. Um, but this match, you know, is just like, first of all, it's 20 fucking minutes long. I don't know why. But every minute just felt like nails on a chalkboard. It was just horrible, man. Like, and, God, dude, hearing that it's 20 minutes long gives me a fucking headache now. Like, yeah. the more it went on, the worse it got. When they brought out the fucking guardrail and he dropped them off, it was God. This shit was so horrible. Like it's just bad. Um, it felt like they were doing a not to interrupt, but it felt like they were doing a practice run of this match in front of a live audience. And I'm just sitting here like, damn, dude, is anybody gonna sell? Is anybody gonna have some fire or do something right? I mean, do something right. Anything right? (laughs) Is this before or after the Sabu guardrail spot? Before. Before? Okay, good. Okay. I was gonna say if they did this after that. (laughs) Y'all like to do this shit where you fucking rant about the shittiest matches and take fucking forever on them. 
It or sucked, guys. Get it out in the open and let's move on. Move along. Post-match, a man in a Rick Rude robe comes down to the ring. He's still unmasked so long as he gets Francine. He gives her a good old smooch. She lays on the ground, and he's doing the typical gyration thing a la Root until Douglas hits him with the title in the back. Rick Rude then unmasks as one of the henchmen in the riot squad at ringside. And the man behind the mask and the robe is Brian Lee. They beat up Douglas. Let's move on. I have a Raven promo backstage. He says most of the people are tuning in to see an old has-been and Terry Funk win it all but that there's about 10% of people that tuned in to watch Raven continue his championship reign. Uh, he articulates really, really well, and it's a shame that we don't get much of like much from him promo-wise in WWF when he makes the jump. Only thing I have written down about this promo is Raven does his best version of Steiner math. <laughs> God damn it. I loved it. I Especially, loved it, too. I, just, I knew you would have it all written out, so I didn't write it. Comparatively to this Taz promo, this was fucking gold because we get Taz monotone as shit with Bill Alfonso backstage. Taz acknowledges that he and Sabu hate each other and that they're about to go through hell together. Taz has choked out every single opponent that Bill Alfonso has put in front of him. He promises to choke Sabu out, and uh, yeah, that's about it. This had bright moments, but largely the promo sucked. Didn't look at the camera one goddamn time. Bill Alfonso is the ugliest motherfucker ever. Yes. He's a king. I don't know if y'all just heard gunshots outside of my window, but that's where I live. Um, I don't know if my camera picked it up, but here we are, fellas. Um, we jump to the ring, and we get Taz with Bill Alfonso taking on Sabu in what they dubbed the grudge match of the century, which actually popped the crowd pretty heavy when they found out what match. I mean, dude, they worked towards this for over a year. I mean, Taz mm -hmm. called out Sabu numerous numerous times and to go to find out paulie's secretly in the back telling Saturday not to fight him and he doesn't want this to happen and all this stuff he eventually i believe that taz attacked paulie and then that's what brought us to this right i think so I haven't gone back and rewatched ECW team. It's so like foggy know. for me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Taz started interfering in RBD and Sabu's tag matches, and he attacked Polly dangerously, and that is enough. Sabu encountered Taz and or confronted Taz, and they signed the match for the event on Four TV. Mm. I like it. Yeah, Cortland, since you were talking, brother, how about oh, you feel about this? Um, I did, you know, uh, that. I expected this match to be a little bit better than it was, but mm. it's not a bad match. I enjoyed it for uh, what it was. Um, Taz is scary, man. He's just an all-around scary person. Um, he just kept dropping Sabu on his head over and over and over again in, in typical Taz fashion. And uh, Sabu does a lot of his innovative spots, uh, almost kills himself several times, running off of chairs and ropes per usual. Um, I gave this match a solid... Gentlemen's three is what I'll give this match. Um, I wish it could have been more, like I said, man, but uh, Taz Mission is Taz Mission, and uh, that's what we get. The main thing is what comes after, but I'll let uh, everyone have their rating out, Pat. Uh, I give it two and three quarters. Um, I feel like that's low. I don't really know that. Um, I don't really care either. Uh, I, I didn't hate the match. I, I liked it. It's just like, dude, Sabu fucking botched so many spots in this match, man. And, it just, and like, it, as always, dude. 
and it kind of just killed it for me. Like, I just, mm. it's, it's great. It's a good match. It's just like, I just couldn't get over that shit. Like, Ethan. Um, I'm not going to go the route people probably expect me to go. Um, I've watched this match probably three or four times. Um, first two or three times I was trying to give it a second chance because I really was let down back when I was younger and I've heard mm. of the Sabutaz feud and I get to this and then it's just like, damn, that was it. Uh, watching it back this time, I appreciated it a lot more. Um, I don't think it's tough. That's a lot of people are let down by it. I was let down by it and I'm not going to make an argument that it's an amazing match. Um, but looking at it for the third or fourth time, I think it was really good. They just didn't work it in the way you'd expect by how they built it. You know, you would expect a fucking fight, throwing yeah, you bombs. You expect a blood feud. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's not the route they went, but clearly the route they did go was more of a psychological thing of, all right, uh, fucking Taz is going to try to work the match his way. Sabu's going to try and work it his way. So early on, Taz has got him on the mat. We're going around, he busts his nose open. Sabu's like, oh, shit, I'm bleeding. I'm going to take your ass to the outside and botch a bunch of shit, but also hurt you sort of in the process. <laughs> And just, you know, the whole match was like a struggle between them both trying to control it. Taz is wanting to grapple and shoot. Sabu's wanting to throw chairs and fly around and fuck up. Um, so I just really like the struggle and the psychology of the match. I went three and a quarter. When I first watched it, I went two and three quarters. But the crowd, I think, killed it also a lot. But also, I think the crowd was wanting something different than what they gave. And should they have known they were going to want something different? Probably so. So I'm not going to sit here and say they had this great match and this great idea, but I do think there's good stuff in here and they had a good intent with it if you look at it from a different point of view. Casey, you want me to go or you want to go? Yeah, I don't care. Go ahead, bud. I will say I am glad that Ethan went before me because he had said exactly what I wanted to say, where they did... It was basically two fucking separate matches between the two because stylistically... Did not match up at all, but mm-hmm. like they at least like attempted to work well together. So like, I it was definitely one of those ones where I kind of wish it was one or the other. But I feel like yeah. it, Sabu's not like a super technical wrestler. Yeah. So like it would have. You're not lying about that, are you? That's, so, that's like, the question. Sure? It would have to be like Taz having to like kind of dumb down his work in a sense, and it's like he does doesn't fucking do that. And I feel yeah. like it's like always been the issue of like them being in the ring together is that like Taz is really fucking good at what he does, but he doesn't like he's he's not gonna counter a fucking dive to the outside of the ring with one of his own. It's not gonna fucking happen. Like yeah. it's so I will say. Sabu is notorious for botching shit, but technically speaking, this is the most successful springboards I've ever seen in a match from him. The only, like, fuck-up one he had was when Taz literally stood up on the table and, like, he had to stop, but, like, every other springboard spot he had, he fucking nailed. And for some reason, that's, like, mildly impressive to me because for someone that's, like, known for doing them, he fucks them up every match. Like it's like it's hard pressed to find a one Sabu match where it's like it all goes according to plan. (laughs) Uh, No, um, I think I was being a little more generous on the fact because I do believe that they did the best with what 
with what they did. I mean, ultimately, it's on them for fucking not working one style together. But I gave it three and a quarter. It, I think about like a few minutes into this match, I had realized what this match was and it's what yeah. we haven't talked about yet. And I went, oh, fuck. And I was just really excited for that to happen. So, yeah. and we get two better Taz and Sabu matches yeah. throughout this year and the next year. So, this is just, this is their first, I think it's just like touching on yeah. TV, you know? It's just kind of, it's still just weird. Like, yeah. Yeah. Fellas, um, a few things that nobody touched on. Firstly, Taz was in the ring and then Sabu just kind of showed up. I was just kind of he fucking sprinted out. (laughs) Yeah, I literally have he just sprinted to the ring, I guess, with a question mark. Um I loved when Taz gave his leg for a single leg to Sabu, Mm -hmm. then took his back, got his hooks in, and beat the shit out of Sabu with these cross faces, man. I loved it. I popped really hard for it, and he busted Sabu's face up. Um, it felt like a gritty moment in that match, but it was like the tale of two matches. It was like Taz was like, "This is my domain," and then Sabu was like, "All right, motherfucker, you got me bleeding. Let's go. Let's go to mine now. I gave you tit for tat. Let's go. Let's go back outside. Let's figure this thing out." Um, I enjoyed this, man. I didn't hate it too much. The crowd, I feel like, enjoyed the the outside moments, like especially the the crowd areas that they were in were like eating it alive man they loved it um sabu hits like this springboard hurricane rana from the top rope for a near fall uh ruled um yes. taz then takes sabu to suplex city for a minute before locking in the taz mission and he chokes him out i had a hard time going um between three and a quarter and three and a half for it i enjoyed it that much um i went three and a quarter ultimately um but man i i didn't think it was as bad man i feel like I walked into it with expectations of Sabu being as advertised and being a fucking wild man that just doesn't do things very well, but he's still crazy enough to do them. Um, and I feel like that that made me enjoy it a little bit more, but it was great. Um, post-match, Taz says Sabu gave him the fight of his life and that anytime Sabu wants a rematch, Taz is happy to oblige. He extends a handshake as a sign of respect for Sabu. They embrace and the crowd shits on them for it. And then Rob Van Dam comes down and attacks Taz. It takes a little bit for uh, Sabu. And props to Sabu here, man. He really played up the suspense with the crowd. Because they were kind of like... Is he gonna? And it, once he started stomping out uh, Taz with uh, Rob Van Dam, like they loved it, man. Um, Alfonso comes in and faces off with like uh, Van Dam and Sabu. But then he just reveals a Sabu shirt underneath uh, his Taz shirt. He double-crossed Taz. You have a you-sold-out chance raining on him. Uh, Fonzie said that he owns Taz. He owns his colors. Uh, RVD grabs the mic, says that he's a main event superstar, and if anybody wants to book him, that they need to get in touch with his man Fonzie. And oh, by the way, I really like the thought of working Mondays. Um, Bill is... They're, they're showing them walking to the back, and Bill is cutting a promo to the, the camera right in front of him. And then fully turns his body and looks this man dead in his face and goes, Hey, fuck you, asshole! And it was my favorite thing <laughs> because they had a hard it. time they had a hard time getting this on pay-per-view because they, it was like, alright, motherfuckers, like, the mass transit thing happened, like, 
We need to settle down. We need this to be dumbed down. Like, we don't need cussing. We don't need a ton of blood. Like, And then for Bill Alfonso to just, like, turn and be like, hey, fuck you, asshole, is such a funny Dude, thing like, to me. He, like, literally just, like, repeats the promo he cut walking back, and everyone's just yelling. He's like, fuck you, asshole. Yeah, he, like, stops and, like, fully turns. <laughs> It's good, man. It's good. Also, Anybody have anything that they I, wanted to add there? I fucking i I know we're kind of doing some we're doing these, and I always forget how much I fucking despise having to hear Bill's whistle. Whistle? Yes, oh yes. my god, dude! Yes, yes. I, I'm, oh, so, I I'm so excited. I hate it so much, dude. It's so hard to get through RVD and, and Jerry matches. Like, really, any RVD match. Beep, beep, Can you like, imagine oh, being there? Oh my god. He <laughs> looks so like the I don't I wish I like knew their names cuz it's the same five fucking people that sit in the front row all the time, but one of them mm, that yeah. notably is wearing a Hawaiian shirt and like typically always does. He says something to Alfonso and Alfonso looks back and just goes <gasps> like really fucking loud in his face. <laughs> like he just fucking wails on that whistle. I'm like Jesus, dude. Uh there is one thing I wanted to ask the Sabu and yeah. Taz match that I wrote down I forgot. Um Sabu starts doing Taz's offense, and he responds with a collar elbow, like collar suplex of his own. He even puts him in a Taz mission, which, I mean, that's just something in this match that whenever it opens up, you'd never imagine you'd see Taz or see Sabu wrap Taz up and put him in a rest hold. But he did. It's so, not I mean, wrong. Just something like that got me a pop at it's me. It's not a like, rest oh, hold, brother. He's choking people out left and right on ECW TV. It felt wrong watching him put it him did. in the Taz mission. You're like, what the fuck? Because he like wrapped his leg first and then was like, wait, other way. Hold on. Ah, there we go. <laughs> but yeah, it popped me a little bit because I just didn't, uh, I didn't expect Sabu to put in a Taz mission ever. Yeah, it was very sick. Um, Joey Styles introduces Ric Flair's best friend Tommy Dreamer as a special guest color commentator. Mm-hmm. Um, we get uh, Beulah McGillicuddy coming out with him. I love the <laughs> moments that I get Cortland to put his hands over his face. Um, that's the I nicest way I could have said it, Court. Yep. That was the nicest way I could have worded that. Hey, dude, I, I would have said, said way worse. So. I know. <laughs> I know. That's why you're the man. That's why uh, I try to be as that's why correct I s- as I can. That's why Gotta I stay monetized, fellas. That's why I said what I wanted to say before we went live. You did. You did. Ric Flair's best friend. Um, R.A. Uh, you know. Uh, we get Stevie Richards with the Blue World Order uh, versus Sandman versus Terry Funk in an ECW World Heavyweight Championship number one contenders triple threat match. Three-way dance. That's a mouthful. Um, the Sandman's forever long entrance without Enter Sandman is depressing. Okay. Uh, as fuck. Hold on. I said this to Pat before we even turned this on. I said, I don't want to hear another motherfucker say a single thing about how long Undertaker's entrance. What? Because mother of God, dude, this shit mm. was oh. so painful to sit. Be- and I was just like, dude, because I he's love still standing there. Because I he's love drinking everyone that beer here. Just <laughs> because I love everyone here, and I love everyone that's watching. Everyone, you have to fucking sit. And just look at the BWO with the Sandman's music playing for the longest minute and two seconds of your life. 
the Sandman's entire entrance is five minutes and 5.2 seconds long. And what did he do? What did he do? It's it's 5.526. He comes out, he takes four steps, he takes his beer, he drinks a little, he smacks it on his head. He's already bleeding before he even smacks his head, so he's bleeding immediately and then continues to fucking drink and smack his head more the like last one he does before he gets in the ring i think he hits himself so hard he stumbles for a minute where he's like oh fuck <laughs> i should have drank more of that one first goldberg snob hell yeah shouldn't have done that on the door but i <laughs> i want you to know that his entrance was so long that i went back and timed it yeah, you spent ten minutes watching. I spent at, like, ten minutes just watching the Sandman uh, get to the fucking ring. <laughs> did you at least play Enter Sandman the second time around? I just took my headphones off. <laughs> I hit yeah, start and I popped week. them off. And I sat there. And I was like, "Fuck, this is really long." <laughs> it's forever, almost, uh, forever long. I almost texted Pat whenever I was watching. This is the only match we didn't watch together. And I was literally, I was in the middle of texting him being and saying like, "Have you made it through the Sandman entrance yet?" And it was like two days later. This That's the landmark. This, is like this entrance was so long. I almost went back and watched WrestleMania 20's Undertaker entrance to compare notes. That's how long this felt. It was so goddamn long. Would you compare it from Paul Bear's entrance with Druids? Because you're talking like ten minutes there. That's a 10-minute intro. And then you have Kane shivering, but we're not okay. here for WWE. Okay. I'm not, I don't want to spoil anything, but we, we had watched something else. Most of us have, at least, because we want to cover it at some point. Sandman's entrance is 5 minutes and 27 seconds. In that. But that's different, man. If that you have, like, not. it fucking <laughs> is, dude. If you have actual audio from that... That is the best crowd when Enter Sandman is playing. That's that it. crowd is going bonkers, man. It's a whole two women's matches in the WWE long. That's it fair. Is so oh, long. Cortland. You're just ruining yeah. Cortland's day. Anyway, uh, Stevie Richards really gets his ass beat in this match. Good God. Um, oh. Also, can we acknowledge just how timeless Terry Funk is? 52, 52. years old. Yes. At this time. He's a fucking Sold. nutcase. God. Uh, it makes me appreciate how insane he really is. Uh, Richards gets eliminated after getting the piss beaten out of him, ultimately being pinned after a tandem power bomb. Uh, Sandman grabs some barbed wire and Funk deters those attacks. Funk then whips Sandman with the barbed wire, um, which I was like, what is, what's happening? Um, off Sandman. Dude, and they got sure. a really good... Yeah, they got a really good close up of it too. Like I think the second or third one he throws, it hits, and it you see stuck. it like right into his side, and he pulls it, and you see Sandman's face being like, "God, that fucking hurt!" Like, <laughs> damn it, I was supposed to know so much. Should have had one After, more beer. <laughs> Should have cracked myself unconscious. Um, after a back and forth, Richard gets reinvolved, hitting a Stevie kick on a trash can covered Sandman, allowing Funk. To win the match via, I think he had a moonsault for the W. Am I right on that? The scariest <laughs> moonsault of all time. Um, of the match. This Dude, fell off the truck. His hip right on his sternum. Like, 
He does a backflip, but does like a half corkscrew and lands all hip. Right would you rather have Terry Funk land all hip off of a moonsault, or would you rather get your fate, whole entire face caved in by Cronus on a fucking total elimination? Figure it out, fellas. I'm taking that Terry Funk buff. For That's sure. what I'm saying. For Cronus, sure. I'm, go back and watch Joel Gertner get his fucking whole head wrecked, early, dude. <laughs> early on in the match, they have a ladder out, and he does a... And, Funk does a moonsault off of that, and he fucking lands on his head like minutes into this match. Like he's he lands archers himself, brother. Hell yeah! I just just wrote Terry Funk unalives himself on a moonsault off the ladder. (laughs) Like it's like fucking Christ. Yeah, I don't know how he made it through this whole match. This fell off the tracks after Richards got eliminated. Um, but it was all right. It was fun. Uh, I went two and three quarters. I don't really have much else to say. Whomever wants to talk, feel free. I would say, uh, let's do Pat. Uh, <laughs> I'm scared. Oh, I went three flat. Um, dude, this match was not good. It's a mess. <laughs> but it was great to watch. It was hella entertaining. But it's it's a mess. It definitely goes off the rails. Um, Terry Funk, Jesus fucking Christ, bro. Thank you for everything that you've ever done. Literally. like. And I will say this. American piece of shit Tommy Dreamer definitely ruined every moment of this for me. Everything, anytime he opened his fucking mouth trying to be like, ooh, they told me not to interfere. He had to do it by himself. I, I hated every fuck, fuck Tommy Dreamer. I hated all that shit. But uh, <laughs> if he wasn't around, I might have rated it higher. Mm. Who knows? Mm. Ethan, I think I heard you start to talk before, man. Go ahead. Oh. um, Well, before we got on this podcast, we're talking about my dad's favorite wrestlers. No, One man. of my dad's favorite wrestlers is Terry Funk. <laughs> so, yeah, goddamn right. I have a I have a warm place in my heart for Terry Funk. It's I've so on his, brand. I've seen yes. his, I've seen Terry Funk wrestle a lot. I've seen this match several times, and the fact is, it is a mess. But look at who you got: Sandman, who is not a good wrestler; Terry Funk, who is fifty three years old; and Stevie Richards, who has not done anything very inspired in his entire career. So, this just. You know, it was bound to come off the goddamn rails. But three stars, man. I mean, you can't shit on something that was this fun. I love Terry Funk. I love what Sandman does, and Stevie did his thing too. Um, fuck yeah, I love Terry Funk. This show and this ending, I love this whole fucking thing, man. It's just Terry Funk getting his moment. And here's the deal too, like with the fucking moonsault off the ladder. I put this in my review of it. It's like, it looked like fucking dog shit. He about killed himself. But here's the deal. <laughs> Realistically, if a 53-year-old man's doing a moonsault off a ladder, is it going to look good? <laughs> it's, off a, it's off a ladder so that I they got from fucking like Home Depot. It's a straight-up painting ladder. It's like, pain- it's a painter's dude, ladder. If Terry Fox hit a fucking uniform moonsault off of that thing, I wouldn't have liked this match. I would have gave it two stars. Sandman tries to climb up the opposite side of the ladder at one point, and I was waiting for it just to fucking snap in half. To literally crumble. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. But yeah, three stars. I don't know. For some reason, this match, I kind of like this match. It's not like one of my favorites of all time. But when I think of ECW, 
I just think of this moment with Terry Funk. Um, mm. So it was really cool. And yeah, for also, while we're here, Tommy Dreamer, fuck you, buddy. I used to <laughs> like you, Tommy. I wanted to say this for a long time because I tweeted at him when all this other shit went on. But I don't even have to say because if you watch this and you got a brain, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Tommy Dreamer, I used to like you okay, but buddy, everything you do now has been tainted thanks to you being a fucking outdated dumbass. Join Bubba and Booker. Get the fuck on. In the dork club, you fucking dork. Uh, <laughs> Cortland, what you got, bud? Dork club. Uh, you fucking dork. <laughs> I gave this match three flat as well um <laughs> it's hella entertaining man it's got all the pieces stevie richards plays his part he's the guy that gets beat up and damn boy he gets beat up and a lot of times man it's hard to find someone who got beat up as good as stevie richards did man because holy shit and his his super kicks always looked great his selling always looked great um so i just wanted to spend a minute to just really i think a lot of us that are going to be watching these ECW back with us are going to realize how great Steven Richards was for that company and how he was, he was the yes man when the yes man was a good thing to be. Um, he put everybody so, over, man. Yeah. Fucking awesome stuff. I feel like he gets shitted on because of, um, what the fuck was it? Right. The uh, censor? Uh, right. The censor. One of our uh, favorite factions. I just of think all it's time. not fair because Right lying. to Censor was fucking great. Wait, what did you say? Yeah, he loves Right, right to Censor. Right to is one of my favorite factions of all You're time. You're lying. I fucking He's not. love it, dude. We've <sighs> talked about it at length. <laughs> favorite. You turned <laughs> he some it. of the crowd's favorite too. fucking people into fucking their worst versions of themselves, and I <laughs> loved it, bro. <laughs> that entrance music love made it. me actually want to unalive myself. Oh. Oh, dude, oh, so, uh, <laughs> Would you but, rather be in a, an arena with that or with Bill Alfonso's whistle? Right to censor because oh, it ends. You had Bull Buchanan in there? Uh, Bull Buchanan, the, numbers, the no. good you had, father? Uh, you had good the father, good father. 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 The good father, right? <laughs> you had Val Venus, Ivory, and the yeah. cat. <laughs> I forgot Yo, the cat. The cat was like Ivory. the end of that. Yeah. Shout out we've Ivory for sure. We've shout said it before, but shout out Ivory. Well-deserved Hall of Fame. Yes, yes. Um, my favorite thing of this match is the ladder. It is a Home Depot piece of dog shit. And here's <laughs> why. This is what's so great about this, man. This is 97, why. man. This is this is on the cusp of before a ladder's really being used anything in any other promotion, right? Like, they're not using a ladder the way that ECW is using it. And these... <laughs> Every one of them did it, which is so great. They made, they did a vertical suplex to the ladder on two people. So they're taking full (laughs) bumps with a ladder to hit their opponent with it. And I just love it, man. It looks great, other than Mike's camera shot right now. Um, Fuck. Help me, brother. Help me. Help me. Pray for me, Um, fellas. Yeah, man. I, I enjoyed it for what it was. It's not your barn burner out event it, it is a fucking mess but i would be remiss if this is not one of the most entertaining, it's so entertaining. matches that you'll get out of ecw in 97 um it's a fucking spectacle oh casey yeah man when i first because i forgot about this match when they said who was in this match i was like why 
This is the biggest <laughs> clusterfuck of fucking people to be in a match together. It yep. doesn't make a lot of sense. I will flat out say I'm not the biggest Sandman fan. Nope. Um, while walking out through this uh, horrendously long entrance, I just wrote that the Sandman. Oh, what did I fucking write? I said, Sandman is the definition of a white trash deadbeat dad who's still trying to relive the glory days as an outside linebacker in high school. Um, his fucking belly is, his beer belly is so oh. aggressive. It, <laughs> bro, it's, oh, goodness. That thing it says, only I, gets I worse. Admit, when he walks into a room, that thing says what's up before he does. Like, his <laughs> belly is out there. I have to admit. Yeah, I dressed up as Sandman two Halloweens ago. Hell yeah, you brother! Did. You did. You did. I, I do still have that. the fucking cane. The most, the most protected thing in this entire business has been making sure that no one sees that stomach. You should have broken edge and just actually a chugged a beer on that fucking Halloween, bro. You should have just committed to the gimmick. Let her eat. Fully broke edge. Um, called it a day. Almost immediately into the match, there is a side headlock into a side headlock, so it's double side headlocks. Um, and mm -hmm. I went, oh, man, these guys are killing the biz. Maybe <laughs> 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 about, about 15 years later, and that's all you would see at PWG. Um, you got Funk unaliving himself on that fucking painter's ladder. Um, there's a spot where Sandman tries to, tries to smash stevie's uh face in with that ladder and it's on the top rope and he fucking flings that shit into the crowd yeah that shit was hilarious don't know if anyone didn't see that almost happen yeah he <laughs> does he, he does, does. <laughs> it's like a shit is hilarious. over and it's a yeah, and you can see the look and concern on like the people's faces like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> because everyone that you can't see on the side is going oh fuck it's a ladder <laughs> yeah, um, everyone on hard cam's like pointing and then everyone over here that you see is like <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a spot where the where sandman had disappeared for the third time and comes back out with a trash can inside of a steel tube thing but he sets it up and he's gonna go and suplex uh stevie richards onto it and terry like stops him and calls for like a double suplex but at this point in the match sandman's so fucking oblivious to what's going on he just goes for it anyways with with Terry standing right next to him. So Terry has zero time to run around to get set. So he just grabs Stevie's shorts and helps him like <laughs> I got you, buddy. Come on up and over. It's the most <laughs> awkward shit I've ever seen where like Terry's like, God damn it. And like just like helps. It's fucking awkward. It gets three stars. It deserves the three stars because it's so it shouldn't have been as entertaining as it was. Right, and then also right. yeah, you get you get fucking you get Sandman getting whipped with barbed wire, and then instead of taking off the barbed wire, he wraps himself in the barbed wire, and it's like, <laughs> give me a hug, Terry, and goes to hug him. Mike, I, I already said my piece, man. I went two and three quarters. Y'all about to make me feel like a piece of shit for going two and three quarters. Don't, no, buddy, it. stick to your gun. No, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, pitching, I'm pitching you to go to our next. Uh, just, it was a mess. Off. Then, then you have Terry Funk versus Raven. Raven immediately, another guy that just didn't have an entrance. He just showed up. He was in the ring. He, he just was, was there. Hey, bud, I'm here for you. Uh, he hits a drop toe hold on Funk, who goes face first into a steel chair. 
Funk gets to bleeding pretty badly pretty quickly. And he gets himself, man. 53, that shit is coming out quickly. Yes, uh, 52, yes, yes. sorry, 52, right? Three. Um, Raven sets Funk up on a table on the outside, then hits a dive, a shitty dive over the top rope, um, crashing rude, through bro. said table for fuck's sake. Um, you had Tommy Dreamer standing up, uh, trying to goad Raven into a fight from the announcer's table. <laughs> and do we um, have a return here? Those yeah, that, Raven, those that, Raven those that on... Those that listen on a uh, on Spotify or Apple podcast didn't just see Casey's uh, hand gestures when I mentioned Tommy Dreamer, but that's okay. Um, uh, they, during this match, also Raven grabs the microphone and tells Tommy Dreamer that he's going to put Funk through three tables and end his career. Oh, <laughs> turns out that's a lie. Still wrestles for another twenty years, bud. Jokes on you. Um, yeah. <laughs> Big Dick Dudley comes out and cracks Tommy with a trash can. Hard as fuck, man. Dude, you gotta call it how Joey Styles calls it. Big Dick Dudley, he's out of prison! (laughs) He did say, he's out of prison! Uh, (laughs) Tommy, behind you. In the midst of all this chaos, Raven DDTs the ref to hell and back. Nobody cared about it. He fucking killed that ref. So, so once again... Funk is literally bleeding to death, like, aggressively in the ring. He not only has a horrible gash on his head, he has a gash across his whole, like, right side from the barbed wire with uh, Sandman. And, like, doctors are, like, the doctor's legitimately concerned for his well-being. And like yeah. I think the ref's like trying to tell Raven like, "Hey, we've got to we've got to send this home," and he just fucking DDTs him for his trouble. Ray, he knocks out the ref. He knocks out the doctor. Yeah. DDTs the yeah, dude. DDTs the shit out of the ref, the shit man. Out I mean, while fucking Big Dick Dudley's trying to commit murder like twenty feet away. So uh, Dudley goes to choke slam Dreamer off the announcer stand through some tables, but Tommy reverses it and hits his own choke slam on Dudley. And Which it popped is the, the crowd hard. It popped time. the crowd like a motherfucker, though, man. They it just, had the crowd so they, hot. He wasn't touching him. him. He just jumped. They just wanted someone to go through tables, and it's super unbelievable for someone as big as fucking Big Dig Dudley to get choke slammed by Tommy fucking Dreamer. That's all this crowd wanted, anyways. Uh-huh. They saw the tables get stacked, and they were like, someone's going through, and we don't give a fuck who. <laughs> then uh, Dreamer goes down to the ring. Hits like a tornado DDT on Raven uh, for a near fall, which I think was supposed to be your finish. Uh, and yeah. then Funk gets Raven in a small package for the pinfall victory. Uh, Dreamer and Funk embrace and celebrate with the fans as they go off air. Yes, uh... Two and a half? Oh, the, the... Two and a half. I gave it two and three quarters. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there. Two and three quarters. Anything Who's, else anyone want to add to that, Ethan? I think it's I think it's um, plain and simple. I think uh, I I died of laughter when Tommy Dreamer's coming over the barricade and <laughs> Raven fucking throws the fucking jacket. <laughs> <laughs> he takes a draft and just fucking yeets it at his fucking head. So like, as Tommy gets his his second leg over, he like just gets over. It's like bah, right in the fucking forehead. <laughs> oh, also, also when when all of this pandemonium first is breaking out, um. 
what all of the members of uh raven's flock comes out and reggie bennett comes into the ring and fucking yes. delivers the absolute dog know, shit power bomb to fucking terry funk so <laughs> i'm like once again he's fucking just a fountain of blood at this point and like this <laughs> reggie comes in and just delivers the worst drops on his I'm just drop him on his head real quick. <laughs> I mean, I feel like after the match is a is a really good feel moment to touch on. You have the embrace with the crowd outside. Uh, Funk goes up to those diehard ECW fans. Do with the like pine straw the hat, big hat, like, yeah, yeah. Immediately goes to him, literally pouring in tears. That dude's fucking crying. He hugs him. They embrace. I mean, and Terry Funk is covered in blood, and everyone in this crowd's grabbing. He's at just him, loving on him, man. Him and like they don't care, man. It's no. just a really good feel-good moment for that Philly crowd. And I mean, it's so deserving that Terry Funk deserves every accolade that he can be given. Um, so for this moment to happen in that crowd at their first pay-per-view event for ECW, it couldn't have been written off in the stars any better for him. Uh, so it's it's fucking great, man. I want to give it higher because of the spectacle, but I feel like I went high for the three-way dance. So I'm going to try to keep it even, you know, because mm. all in all, dude, it's just a fucking messy spectacle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, the feel good embrace at the end, uh, you yeah, can't help. It's but all smile. about that moment. Yeah. You can't yeah. help but smile. You can't help but remember that piece of this match. Yeah. Yeah. Fellas, right. anything else you want to add? I think we're all good. Thank hey, God. Great. This is not the rain tear. Our yeah, next yeah. episode is what? Hardcore Heaven is the next pay-per-view they ran? I believe so. Go. Me and, me and um, someone had looked through. I have to double check because it looks like some of the like live events that weren't technically considered pay-per-views are actually on Peacock. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So like we They're just scattered. Yeah. Um, so because I'll double check, but I think it's Hardcore Heaven. Hardcore Heaven has a surprise on it, and that surprise is our own Casey... AKA Bam Bam Bigelow wrestles on this card <laughs> against Spike Dudley. Yeah, oh, we get that on here. One of the greatest we get fucking moments. Chris Candido versus Taz. Taz defending his ECW World Television Championship. We get Spike Dudley versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Hey, we man, get little Rob Spike Dudley. LSD. Little Spike, yep. Absolutely. We get, Come on, we get Rob Van Dam uh, versus Al Snow. We get. PG-13, which is Jamie Dundee and Wolfie D versus the Dudley Boys, Bubba Ray and Devon, the champions, with Jenna Jameson, Joel Gertner, Sign Guy Dudley, and Big Dick Dudley. Just a full-blown entourage. Wait, why yeah, I said, said, I said what I said. Yeah, it's yeah. ECW in 97. You have uh, Jerry... Oh my god. Yeah. We can't get away from the motherfucker. Nope. We have oh, Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler versus Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited. the bigger piece of shit match? And then you get. And then you get. To this moment with ECW getting the pay per view is that WF allowed ECW talent to come Night Raw. The story is that Jerry the King Lawler is calling ECW extremely crappy wrestling and Funny. shooting this whole angle with Tommy Dreamer and all this nonsense. However, the help that WEWF gave. ECW was the reason we ended up getting paper. So that's true. 
That's they true. sold the shit out of it. Yep. And so. your main event is Terry Funk versus Sabu versus Shane Douglas in a three-way dance for the ECW World Heavyweight. Um, and that is the card for next week. But fellas, oh if nobody else has anything to add, guys, firstly, I want to thank you for listening to another edition of the Up and Over podcast. Please don't forget to like and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, don't forget to give us a five-star review if you listen on Apple Podcasts. Um, Spotify. Yeah, you can. You have, to, you have to listen to at least one whole episode. So if you get through this and you're hearing me right now, hit us with a five star on Spotify as well. Um, be sure to follow us on our socials over at, at Up and Over Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. From there, you can find all of our socials personally. Um, and feel free to chime in about next week's episode, man, if y'all had a match that stuck out or maybe, even maybe, um, if we do any fan suggestion. Uh, like events and we can do a, a an episode like that feel free to shoot us over uh, but guys y'all enjoy your week uh for ethan for Cortland, for pat for casey um i am mike and we will see you guys next week enjoy the rest of your week. good night bye